This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Good morning. Coming up on this edition of Sunday Focus, we will sit down with Bethany Olson of Sanford Health to talk about the upcoming Cure Kids Cancer Radiothon that's happening September 29th and 30th. And we'll talk to the Long Island medium, Teresa Caputo. She will be in Sioux Falls Friday, September 23rd. Ben Davis also sits in on the interview. That's all coming up next on this edition of Sunday Focus. Teresa, where are we finding you this morning? I am at home in Long Island. You are going to be here in Sioux Falls on September 23rd. You're bringing your show here, Teresa Caputo, live. What can people expect? Oh, my God. I say I say it. Look, the only thing that I know what's going to happen, you can expect me to show up in a great dress and fabulous shoes and my hair and nails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is a guarantee. Teresa, love seeing you on your show, Long Island Medium. Before we talk more about the show, I have to ask you, what's it like being a grandma? You're a new grandma from what I understand. I can't believe it. I, I have to say, if people, you know, people tell you it's the most incredible thing. It, it truly is. She's such this ray of sunshine. And she's, she's perfect. When you look at that new child in your life, your new grandchild, do you think back to your childhood? And I understand that at a very young age, you started to interact with the, the spirits. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just really incredible to think that I have a granddaughter and then, you know, everyone. And she was named after my grandmother. So it's just, she truly is a special child. Um, and to think that, you know, possibly, you know, she could have the gifts that I have. You know, because it is, you know, hereditary. And, you know, I sensed and felt things since the age of four. So when it was, and then I didn't discover, you know, until later in my 20s that I had the ability not only to connect with my own loved ones that have died, but everyone else's. And, you know, I struggled with it for a long time because I was like, who's going to want to come see a medium? This is crazy. And what I learned is that, you know, unfortunately, when we lose someone, we're left with burdens and guilt, maybe like a should have, a could have, a would have, maybe even an only if, you know, and at the end of the day, those negative emotions do not give us the ability to heal. So the experience is about healing. It's about spirit really taking us on this emotional roller coaster of, you know, we, we feel all the pain, the sorrow, the loss and the grief, but then the next breath, spirit has me, they, they have me say or do something that will bring a smile to someone's face and, and laughter throughout the theater. And to me, that's such an incredible gift that spirit gives us. Well, Teresa, right now you call it a gift, but when you were a kid, did it freak you out? I mean, how did these spirits present themselves to you as a child? Well, I would just see them. And to me, I just I thought everyone was seeing the things that I was seeing. It, when I, things started to get really difficult for me was when I would when they would like kind of bring me through their departure and I didn't know what was happening to me. So I could be out and about in the store. The difficulty was when I left my home and I would sense and feel other people's loved ones. That was where it became, you know, scary for me because I didn't understand what was happening to me. Because when you come to the live show, that's exactly what happens. You know, spirit, they make me feel this bond and relationship that they shared with you. Then they bring me through the way that they died. So you might see me, like, struggling to take a deep breath, trying to clear my throat. If someone died tragically, I will, like, kind of, I'll, I'll, like, taste blood so I'll know that someone died tragically or there was, you know, a lot of blood at the departure. 
So to be out and about and to feel those things and not understanding what that was, that's what I had to understand over the years. Um, and, you know, and then spirit will then show me the burden or guilt that the person is carrying. You know, and, and look, what I do, I know that it can't take away or heal someone exactly in that moment, you know, uh, because the only thing that I believe that can do that would to give them their loved one back, and that's something that we can't do. But for their loved ones, for our loved ones to talk about things that were, that are holding us back from moving on with our lives, to, to remind us of the happier times, to channel with their personality the way that they were before they died, is just truly incredible. It really validates that from the moment the soul leaves the physical body, they leave behind every and any disability and or ailment. Absolutely. And folks here in Sioux Falls have a chance to see Teresa and her gift at the Washington Pavilion Friday, September 23rd. Now, Teresa, from people who watch your show, Long Island Medium, you can kind of tell there's certain connections that you feel with the people that you are seeing or meeting with. And I bet COVID kind of changed things for you. Instead of having face-to-face interactions and feeling that energy, it, it probably was interesting to pivot to more of a virtual sense. Did the spirits pivot with you kind of in a way oh absolutely it just goes to show that that soul bond can never and will never be broken you know you can you can even hear that listening to my podcast uh called chase spirit that's where i do all of my my readings and it's done over zoom and that's the great thing i not only do people all over the united states but all over the world there are people that have been guests from australia hong kong on on the podcast and it just goes to show on how so emotional and healing and life-changing it is. You know, and it, it also goes to, to say that, you know, people will say it all the time. They'll be like, you know what, look, I had no idea what to expect when I went to the show. You know, and I didn't get read. But what I witnessed was life-changing. To watch someone be healed. And then some people will even sit back and say, you know what, I went there hoping to hear from my loved one, but I realized that there were other people that needed to hear from their loved one more than I did mm. once they start hearing these messages. And to me, that statement just goes to show on how life-changing, special, and powerful the experience is. I know that you've done a lot of readings for famous people, a lot of the stars. Is there one that stands out, Teresa, one that was maybe um, somebody famous that was skeptical, but you had a breakthrough, or, or just someone that was difficult? I, I don't look at it as difficult. I have to say, you know, um, I, I, I wouldn't say difficult at, at, at all. Um, usually people that come, they're pretty open. You know, of course, I, it's the everyday people that are more skeptical. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. So, yeah. Uh, you know, but, but, but you know what? I get it. And I don't blame people. I'm the first one to say that what I do is crazy. How in the world can someone communicate with someone that outside? I get it. But it's... You also have to understand why I do what I do. It's not for people to believe in what I do. And I'm not trying to be rude. I don't care. I don't care if someone believes in, in what I do or mediums for that fact. I just want people to believe in an afterlife. I want them to believe in themselves and to know that all those, you know, all those little things that you sense and feel and it might remind you of someone that has died or, or, or you're just like, oh, my God, that, that smells like them or mm-hmm. that reminds me of my grandmother's house. So that's your loved one letting you know that they're with you at that exact moment. Yeah, and that's totally amazing to, to connect those two, and I, and I totally agree with you. Now, Teresa, for anyone that may be skeptical about coming to the show here in Sioux Falls, what do you have to say to the Sioux Falls skeptics about your show? Listen, just come. It's a life-changing moment. 
It's something that is, you know, is going to change your life. Believe in yourself and in the national life. And, you know, even if you didn't lose someone, after after the pandemic, spirit, it has proven that, because I've said it for many years, that what I do is so much more than just communicating with people that have died. It restores our faith. And you might not have lost someone maybe over the last couple of years during COVID, but we've all lost something, you know, and it's kind of hard for some people. Some people had it more difficult than others during the pandemic. And again, what the experience does, it offers peace and comfort and faith and encouragement to embrace life with happiness and joy. Teresa Caputo Live is going to be here in Sioux Falls on September 23rd. It's been a delight to chat with you. Before we get you go, let you go, I'm sure you get this question all the time, but I've got to ask, Powerball numbers. Can, can we get Powerball numbers? Can I just say this? If I could get the Powerball numbers, don't you think I would have asked Spiritals 20 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Teresa. Oh, you're welcome. Have a fantastic day. Once again, Teresa Caputo, the Long Island medium. She will be here in Sioux Falls on Friday, September 23rd at the Washington Pavilion. Tickets are still available at the Washington Pavilion's website. And thanks to Ben Davis for joining us on that interview. We'll be right back with more Sunday Focus. Hi, I'm Connie Britton. I support Feeding America because they help provide over 6 billion meals to people in need each year. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Feeding America, 200 food banks strong. Welcome back to another edition of Sunday Focus. It's a busy time here in the studio. We are just weeks away now from the Cure Kids Cancer Radiothon. It's happening September 29th and the 30th. And joining us in the studio to talk more about it is once again Bethany Olson with Sanford. Hey, Bethany, good morning. Good morning. You know, we are super excited here, Results Town Square Media, once again to be proud supporters of Cure Kids Cancer and, of course, the kiddos at the Sanford Children's Hospital. But before we kind of dive into Radiothon, why don't we talk about the Children's Hospital? Specifically, how does Cure Kids Cancer benefit the kiddos and their families that are currently there? Yeah, our Cure Kids Cancer program funds our oncology clinic, which is where kids come in for their checkups. Beef, um, if after they've had cancer, as well as sometimes they'll get some chemotherapy. We call it outpatient chemotherapy if they're down in the clinic. And then it also supports um, the things that are happening up on our third floor, which is where kids who are inpatient needing at least an overnight stay, if not longer, um, sometimes they'll receive their chemo up there too. But that's also where they go if they um, their counts get low and they get sick. So that way it's on the top floor of the castle. Um, that way there's less air tra- less flow of traffic coming in and out of there just to keep them a little bit more safe. And so we're supporting those two specific areas and the money is being used for our child life specialists. It's being used to support Campering It On, which is a camp just for kids who have battled cancer, cancer or who are currently battling cancer just to be have a chance to be a kid for a week um, with the, the eyes of their um, oncologist and their nursing staff and all of those people on hand just in case something would happen. Um, and then we're also supporting families with meal vouchers and mileage reimbursement and lodging and um, just some extra expenses that add up for families, especially those out of town, um, while they're dealing with a cancer diagnosis. So helping cover all of the bases um, 
for that whole family. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go back to the hospital for a second. Now, it's scary for kiddos to go into a hospital, see doctors, and kind of going in there not knowing what to expect. But for anyone who hasn't been to the hospital, it's not just any hospital. No, it's a castle. So why don't you talk to us about the castle? Yes, the castle looks like a castle on the outside, but it also looks like a castle through and through. Um, so each each floor of the hospital has its own little theme. It has murals. It has kid-friendly activities on the walls. There's ribbons that are on the floors that kids can follow and tr- um, kind of run along in a pattern. They can jump from star to star. There's, um, we call them like poly pocket doors, little tiny doors along the, along the way that are fun just to get kids up and out of their rooms, which is really important. Um, kids love to look for the hidden things that are in them, but they also use them for physical therapy and um, just getting kids to go up, like stand up and fully squat down, um, hand-eye coordination with opening doors, things like that. And it's all truly designed with the kids in mind. So things, if you're, if you've ever been in the hospital or been with a loved one in the hospital as an adult, in the middle of the night, somebody typically comes in and um, cleans out the dirty laundry and restocks your linens and all of these things and it disturbs your sleep. Well, they still have to do those things in the castle, but it's set up so that you can do that from the outside of the room and not disturb the child that's sleeping. It's a huge win for families because the kids need sleep to get better. And so that's an extra special touch that we have there. And everything is able to be kind of closed off. All of the cords, all of the medical equipment, when the child comes into their room, they don't see that stuff. It's all in a cabinet and they walk into a room that has toys and a fleece blanket and so that it feels a little bit less hospital-like and they know that it's someplace that they're going to get better at and that they're going to be able to have fun while they're doing that. Absolutely. Treatment is a lot for kiddos, you know. It's a lot of anxiety and just a lot of uncertain questions, but sometimes they are a little bit entertained while they're getting treatment. We call those the basic needs. So what are some of those basic needs that kids need when they do receive their treatment sitting in a chair? So our child life specialists really help walk a a child through kind of what does when it when it's a cancer treatment what does one if as they're first getting diagnosed they talk to them about what does cancer mean what what does this specific type of cancer mean and they talk to the child in a way that that child will understand so we have kids that are diagnosed when they're 2 and then we also have kids who are diagnosed when they're 18. So they're, the child life specialist explain cancer to them in a way that the child will understand. And then they do the same thing with the type of treatment. Um, so child life specialists will show the kiddos how to um, have their port accessed and how to um, how the chemo is going to go in. And the kids can actually help administer fake chemo to a bear so that the child just feels a lot less um a lot less scared about what's going to happen and that they're also kind of part of their care in at the same time. So that's all happening before treatment really starts. And then once they they get go into their treatment, whether it's in the clinic or upstairs, they'll it's called an infusion um, in most cases. And they I mean the nurses double glove and get full fully dressed up in robes and things because chemotherapy um, is such a dangerous medication, but it's the only thing currently available to take to treat cancer. So you see the nurses getting all um, covered up essentially to administer the chemo and then it's going straight into the kid's bloodstream. And then um, the kiddo just kind of hangs out for as long as that chemotherapy 
um, infusion needs to last. And we have games and iPads and coloring books and Polly Pockets and Barbies and Hot Wheels cars and just <laughs> everything that they would need there. And then um, they also, I've heard a few stories of kids that somehow there gets to be some silly string in their room and their doctors get sprayed with silly string when they come in. <laughs> and we just like to make sure that, again, they're going through something terrible mm-hmm. and it's, you feel sick. You don't, I mean, a lot of them, they, their taste buds change. They don't want to eat the foods that they used to love. So the little things that we can do, like silly string at your doctor or um, bubbles in in the infusion clinic, um, whatever's going to just make the kiddo feel a little bit more happy and joyful while they're there is important. Yeah, one of the big events that we've been talking about it is Radiothon. Again, that's happening September 29th and 30th. Now, historically, the two-day event was always at the castle until the pandemic in 2020 kind of changed things a little bit. For the last couple of years, the Radiothon has actually been here in our studios. And now, after two years, we can finally say that the Radiothon is coming back at the castle for this year's event. Now, when you look back at the last couple of years, if you can remember it, how <laughs> How tough was it to kind of pivot to the studio from always doing it at the castle? Yeah, Radiothon, this Radiothon actually always used to be in March, which was one of the probably the the biggest, um, that was probably the hardest decision because in March of 2020, we were ready for Radiothon. Mm -hmm. It was like the next week. um, And that was, it was a week after the decision was made to kind of really shut things down in in our world of we didn't want to bring in extra people to the hospital because we didn't know what COVID-19 was at that time. We didn't know how it would impact our patients. We didn't know really what tools could we um, would work to slow down the spread to keep the patient safe from getting it, all of those things. So um, our team and the results team really paused and said, you know what, let's just see what this thing does. I think we can all laugh at ourselves now and say, like, we thought it would be done by the summer um, and that we'd be back and like ready to go. So we actually I want to say we postponed it twice. I don't remember that mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and then we landed in September and September is really the perfect time. It's Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. So we go gold in that month because gold is also the color of um, Childhood Cancer Awareness, the ribbon there. And so there's all of that stuff that has changed and that's all different. And then we look at the pivot to being in studio. And I think for us, we we knew what we needed. We knew we needed a way for you guys to broadcast on air. Yeah. And we knew we needed a way for people to get calls in. And so once we figured those two things out, we knew we'd, we would be fine. Um, but it's just different. I mean, our volunteers loved being able to hear and see the radio teams doing their thing, talking on air, all of that. And I think that a lot of you guys also missed the interaction with not only just your counterpart in the studio that you had, but it was, I mean, you were with the same person for 12 hours a day, mm-hmm. not a lot of outside interaction there. And then you didn't get the interaction with the, the volunteers. And you also didn't get to see the day-to-day hustle and bustle of the castle. We're in the lobby, so we're not up on patient floors with Radiothon, but you see patients coming in and out, going to their clinic appointments. You see the the big wheeled carts that are coming down from upstairs of a kiddo who's been in the hospital for a while and they get to go home. So they have their presents and their balloons and their pillows and their clothes and all these things. And that was something you didn't see when you were at the studio. So I think we're all really excited to have the energy and the camaraderie back by being in the same space, but also being reminded 
with every kid that walks by of the impact that Radiothon has and the impact that spending 12 hours a day for two full days on air, which it's not easy to talk for that long and especially not to talk about something that is emotional and it it makes you think of just how lucky a lot of us are to not have had to um, deal with cancer, especially in pediatric situations. And um, so it just makes that a little bit more impactful to see the impact that you have when you're at the castle. So if you haven't noticed yet, I'm really excited to be I back at the castle. Bethany. Yes, <laughs> Bethany also with Sam for talking about this year's Radiothon and Cure Kids Cancer. Now, do you feel a little bit more ready for this year, knowing that you kind of know how things are going to work out? I do and I don't. So the last time that we did this Radiothon, the last time we did El Radiothon in the castle was March of 2019. Mm-hmm. So that's over three years ago, and I don't know about you, but I don't remember a lot of details from three and a half years ago. Not really, no. Of like, <laughs> what do we need? What's different when we're at the castle? You know, I said we need, for sure, we need two things. We need you guys to be able to get your radio shows out into the air, and then we need phones to be able to come in. But there's a few other things when we're at the castle that just make it a little extra special. So we are working through all of those details right now of just making sure that Um, we do create a good experience for everybody who's going to join us at the hospital. And then we're also this year navigating a little bit of construction at Stanford. So we are kind of changing things up a little bit, even though we will still be at um, the castle. It's going to be a little different than it used to be in 2019, too. So yes and no. (laughs) I think I can say, too, something that people can expect to hear during the two days is there's going to be a lot more noise Mm because in the studio it's kind of all comprehended you have people coming in and out and that's pretty much it but now you're going to hear those phones ringing you're Mm -hmm. going to hear volunteers taking those phone calls and like you mentioned you're going to hear kiddos get super excited Mm -hmm. and you might even hear other radio stations that are on air during radiothon (laughs) because you you are right next to them we try to give you a little bit of space but at the same time you're you're right there and you're in the same room and so it's it's a fun experience and you can hear the hustle and bustle always on air. And I think the thing that we always try to remind listeners of, sometimes we do share a a sad story, a memorial story during Radiothon. And that story might not be playing at the same time on the station that's right next to the station that you're listening to during Radiothon. So sometimes they might be cheering and so happy because the outcome of the story that they just shared is fantastic. And the one that you just listened to was a hard story to hear. And so that's also a, a little bit of a challenge when we are in one space. It, I wouldn't change that for the world, but we just know that sometimes the, the sto- stories don't line up with where they're being shared. So you just also have to be prepared for that, that they're not clapping because of the memorial story. They're clapping because of a great win for another kiddo. Absolutely. And you know what? For anyone who isn't familiar with Cure Kids Cancer, would you say that that's what it's all about? Sharing the stories from these kiddos and their families and figuring out how you can help them? Yeah, a lot of our families, especially several of them this year, have said, you know, we would never ask for our child to have cancer. Nobody ever would. But we are going to make the most out of this time. And we feel that sharing our story is how we can make a difference for other families. And that is just an incredible outlook to have of, as you're going through something terrible, watching your kid go through something something terrible and knowing that sharing your story is going to make a difference and that's how you can make a difference. It's just, we are so lucky to have families that see it that way because they do. They share some of the realest and rawest moments of their lives 
with us for the Radiothon. And it's then shared with thousands of people that they will probably never meet. And they do it just to make sure that um, the listeners understand, like, we need people like our donors to give back and to call into Radiothon to help make sure that we have child life for, for my kiddo. We have... Um, a, a mileage reimbursement for me who's traveling from Watertown every three days for chemotherapy treatment for my child and I can't work and all of these things. Every single donation that call, comes in means so much to the families that have already gone through treatment because they know that like my story helped make a difference for somebody else, but they also know that it's making a difference for a family who hasn't even started the journey yet. Historically, how much money would you say has been raised from this event alone? And are there any new goals this year? So this event, I believe, as long as we have an, a year that we normally do, we will reach $4 million this year. Wow. Over the course of, I believe, Radiothon started in 2009 was the first year. And so $4 million over the course of about 13 years. On average, we raise between two hundred dollars and $300,000. Um, it kind of fluctuates year by year. And obviously, the pandemic um, changed a lot of that. But we are hopeful that we continue to just, with every dollar that comes in, we continue to know that it's going to make a difference for our kiddos. Absolutely. And it's going to local kids, kiddos Mm -hmm. that are going to benefit a lot from these funds raised. And another event that is leading up to Cure Kids Cancer is Dining for Kids. Why don't you tell us about that? Dining for Kids. So that is a day where all you have to do is go out to eat and the restaurant (laughs) will make a donation um, from the day's food and beverage sales. So that day is September 22nd. We have Teriyaki Madness, the Overtime, Honey Baked Ham, the keg, both of the Sioux Falls locations, and Chevy's have all committed to donate a percentage of their sales on that day, September 22nd, back to Cure Kids Cancer. We call it kind of our unofficial kickoff to Radiothon because the money that's raised from Dining for Kids goes into our Radiothon total and all comes back to help um, kids battling cancer. Absolutely. And that's a great way to eat and to give money back to the kiddos, too. Now, can you give folks an idea, Bethany, about these kiddos that we're going to be hearing stories from? Or maybe you have stories about kids that you've met. Yes, I sure can. So I'll just start with Harper. Harper is the kiddo who is on our social media images this year. Um, And so you've probably been seeing her around quite a bit. She is a young girl who is battling cancer for the second time. She um, rang the bell in at the end of 2021 Um, which signals that she's done with cancer or done with cancer, done with chemo. She is in remission. So no more cancer in her body. And then come, actually, I believe it was on Valentine's Day of 2022 this year, um, they went in for her three-month scans, which would just be confirming everything, making sure there's still no cancer in her body, everything looks good. And as long as those scans came back clear, they were going to take her port out. And those scans came back and they showed that her cancer was back and it had spread. So she had kidney cancer and now her cancer um, had spread to her lungs. Mm. So she had to start chemotherapy right right away again. Um, Harper had been homeschooled during chemotherapy and treatment the first time and had just gotten back into school for a couple weeks. Um, and then now she's back to being at home for schooling. Um, but she had to have chemotherapy again a little bit stronger of a dosage this time around just to make sure that we're getting rid of all of the cancer cells and then she had to have radiation again 
and she is still, so she did chemotherapy, then radiation, and now she's back doing chemotherapy. Um, so that's Miss Harper. She is a fighter. She is incredible. She plays a main game of Uno. Oh, boy. And um, <laughs> yes, so she is one of the kiddos that we will be sharing her story for this year. Um, but she is a Spitfire, and as is her mom, and they have really embraced the journey in the best way that they possibly can. She's one of them that they've said, you know, we can't change it, but we can make the most out of it. And we want to do that by sharing our story to make sure that people know that the work that's happening at Sanford Children's for families like ours and make sure that people understand the need to give back so that we have all of the the care that we need right here in Sioux Falls. Yeah, those stories that you're going to hear like Harper's, they are going to be tough to listen to. Mm -hmm. But the donation that you are going to make is going to help kiddos like Harper. And once again, that Radiothon is happening September 29th and 30th. It's the annual Cure Kids Cancer Radiothon. Bethany, before we let you go, why don't you tell us that phone number for Cure Kids Cancer? Yes, so it is 605-328-5750. It will be the number that you can call on September 29th and 30th. All right. Once again, Bethany Olson, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. I'm Christine Manica, and you've been listening to Sunday Focus. I'd like to thank Bethany Olson from Sanford Health and the Long Island Medium, Teresa Caputo, for joining the program today. A special thank you to Ben Davis as well for hopping in on that fun interview. Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio, Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.